It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Eleven o'clock. Welcome in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, West Mitchell, Close Clark, along with you here on your Thursday morning. We'll talk with our guy Mike Yuva coming up a little bit. Get some uh, scouting report from what's going on at the uh, Reese's Senior Bowl that's coming up on Saturday. I, I want to start off with this, and we touched on this a little bit yesterday. This saga of what's going on with the NCAA and Tennessee, as it's something that's going to continue to evolve by the day. We obviously know now that the attorney generals for both Tennessee and Virginia have entered into the lawsuit against the NCAA. And, you know, when you look at what Don D. Plowden, the chancellor of Tennessee, put in her letter, firing back at the NCAA as soon as this stuff started to come out the other day, you probably think Tennessee's feeling pretty confident going into this court case. And if they end up winning and the NCAA takes another L in court, who knows what doors and avenues this opens for the future of college football and college sports going forward. Well, guys, Chris Clark, I've talked for the last hour, and Chris Clark over mm-hmm. here. He's re- he's roaring and ready to go. He's, he's got, got He came in, fired up he's got about There's this. Well, so I, I, I'm, d- I'm just going to let Chris take the floor to, here. I wanted to make sure that I actually remembered. You know how sometimes you're like, I, th- I think I might have a good point? You know, maybe. And then you just forget it. And so I'm like, I'm actually going to make some notes. It's like but, you do, like, practice speeches the night before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> speech. But, you know, he, here's the thing. The NCAA has come out with a response mm-hmm. to this latest lawsuit. And, and they make some arguments in it that they've typically made in the past. And one of them is, hey, we're just – these are just rules that the, – we're just doing what the schools told us to, right? And so you remember – NCAA, they have Division One, Two, Division Three. Just in Division One, you've got three hundred and fifty schools, right? And so the NCAA is basically saying that every time they send out a memo about NIL, every time they pass some recruiting calendar tweak, which happens, I don't know, once a year, they, they tweak the recruiting calendar, tweak some little rule, interim NIL guidance, some memo. What they're effectively arguing is every time we do that, that's what the schools want. Well, it's not the case, right? It's kind of like you look at politics, and we're not going to get political here, but like in our country, that'd be like if somebody in the government said, well, the people have spoken, you know, every time they pass the law. Yeah, like half of them have, maybe. Even the people that voted for you don't agree with half the things you do probably. And so the NCAA is saying, hey, our board of directors, by the way, if y'all don't know, the board of directors on the NCAA, that's who votes on these these different things. And it's made up of commissioners, presidents from the member schools. There's nine voting members. There's seven ex officio members. So we can't act like they can't argue that this is some broad cross section of schools, right? That we're just doing everything that the schools want. Every time we pass something. No, you're not. Even if some of these presidents solicited feedback, even if the commissioner of the Ohio Valley Conference got, you know, feedback, it's not like these schools agree with everything you're doing. In fact, a lot of the schools have complained about it because it's, here. here's the guidance today. Oh, 
nope, we're changing it up. Here's the guidance next week or next month. And there's more evidence because a lot of the states in harmony with their state institutions are passing laws that completely contradict the NCAA's guidance, right? Right. Eli Drinkwitz was at the bill signing for Missouri's state law. You can't say, well, we're just doing what Eli wants, right? Now, the NCAA is correct that every coach, administrator is going to get up in a press conference and say, we've got to have some transparency. We've got to enforce these things. Yes, they're going to say that. This is just, it's just a, it's a bad argument. I mean, you, when you, you can't say that you're doing the will of the people when you're, you're not. There's plenty of evidence that you're not. Well, and that's a problem that I saw a lot of people have with that statement, which there was a lot in there, but the specific part about talking about say, hey, we were doing what the school's asking. Yes, but you made very vague rules yeah. to begin with that any person with common sense knew was going to get misconstrued and worked around and find all the gray areas in like, we're not dumb. You know, that these colleges and institutions are going to take every advantage they can to benefit themselves to the ump degree, which is what everybody's done. Now they've went ahead and after the, what a, a year or so, almost a year that they, they restructured some of these rules that would have made what they're accusing Tennessee of doing as illegal. But that's the crux of the whole matter. When they did these things, supposedly with Nico, the five-star quarterback out of California, it was within the parameters of what the NCAA allowed. And then they changed it after, now trying to go back to retroactively enforce it, which you just can't do. I, I do agree with one point for the NCAA is that the schools do want for there to be some type of um, structure yeah. put in place. And so I, I actually entirely agree with Paul Strelo, who writes for the Clemson Rival site and tweeted this yesterday. Um, the, the issue is not necessarily NIL. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the issue is that you had all these changes to NIL while also simultaneously having these changes to the transfer portal. And now the NCAA is being sued, <laughs> and there's this TRO where it's just – it's not free agency – it is a step past free agency. Yes. Because free agency in the NFL, you know when a guy's contract is up. There's parameters. Th- yeah. This would be like free agency in the NFL where a guy could just be unhappy and be like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'm not going to play for you anymore. I'm going to just hit, I'm going to enter free agency whenever I want. And, and that's the part that actually I think when, when coaches say we got to control NIL, I think that's the part really they're talking about. Right, NIL in conjunction with the transfer portal. Unfortunately, the the evidence is that the NCAA can't control that, right, because they've already lost in court, and they may continue well, to lose in court. And that's the unintended consequences of when you have something like NIL that in general just has these wide-open parameters of what's legal and what's not, where there come the unintended consequences. I look at what happened, you know, with the, with the seven states coming forward at the end of the year, you know, pushing uh, NCAA into court over the transfer thing, mm-hmm. which now has at least put a temporary hold on being able to make two-time transfers set out. And, you know, Tez Walker was obviously the biggest example of that this past year at North Carolina because at the end of the day that violates antitrust because you're limiting someone's earning potential by not allowing them to play when they go to their respective schools. I don't think anybody saw that coming when NIL came about now almost three years ago. But, again, it's those unintended consequences. And every time you change the rule, especially with something as significant as this, there's always going to be those things you didn't see coming that end up rearing their ugly head at some point. And again, in the NCAA's case, lead to more lawsuits. Yeah, and I, I do think there is a future case to be made uh, about 
how you could structure this, potentially with revenue sharing, if that becomes part of this, potentially with if the schools are opened up to be able to do some direct NIL deals in that you could potentially contract guys for for a number of years for your school. And, and then so I, I think I'm not a lawyer. I do play one on the radio, but <laughs> watch a lot of TV. <laughs> watch a ton of suits, watch every episode of suits. But um, I, I think the argument with the TRO is basically like, yeah, you're limiting their ability to um, to earn money with their NIL. Well, in this case, it would be no. The player has now agreed as a stipulation of earning that money. That's right. I'm going to stay for three years, right. and then you um, you would sort of just as as a school, you would make that decision. Hey, all our guys are going to be on three year deals. All our guys are going to be on one year deals. You know, I, I think for that that holds up from a court standpoint. Mm-hmm much better because you're entering that deal um, at your own risk or, or by your own decision, essentially. Now, then you would have the, would, would guys be willing to enter yeah. three-year deals? But if you're if you're the school, you'd say, hey, we're willing to we're willing to give you this, but only if you only if you stay here for, for three years, four years, whatever. Um, hey, the, the other side of this, though, let's not forget, schools do also tell guys to leave. In a manner of speaking, yes. I don't think they will directly say that, but they can be encouraged to seek opportunities elsewhere, I guess is the best way to put it. So, yeah, if you're you're saying, hey, you want the guys to stay, but the, the school would maybe be locked in to, to those three years as well, you That's know? That's very true. Yeah, that, that could be. And, and Kirby Smart had a uh, an idea for this where basically – you know, if you you might be locked in for a certain amount of time where you can't transfer if you sign a one year deal, I'll I'll go back and find it. But yeah, I mean it, it's there's a lot here, and and that's why a lot of people think that ultimately some type of contract, some type of employment agreement, is really going to be the only way out of this because from a court standpoint, the reality is the NCAA they don't have much of an argument. Right. That they, they can't walk in a courtroom and say, hey, we're no, nah, we're not limiting these these athletes ability to earn money they are sure i mean it's, it's just the reality of the situation D- your argument in court can't be well the member institutions voted for it well they didn't number one and there's again plenty of eli Drinkwitz showing up at a bill signing so, the university of south carolina putting in some forward thinking nil pieces in the ncaa a couple months later saying actually you can't do that and right. then six months later saying actually you can do that you know th- that's an example right so it, and even if even if every single school in the NCAA had said yes, we totally agree with what you're doing, we totally agree with these things, it still, arguably, and I think good argument, violates antitrust law. So just because a group of people gets together and says we think we're going to do this, doesn't mean it doesn't violate law. Sure. And that's why the NCAA's arguments in court are really embarrassing things like, well, you know, people don't like that athletes get paid. Well, who cares? It's not an argument. Yeah, that's an opinion. It's an opinion, right. but that's that's their best argument. Sure. They have they argued they literally went in front of a judge in one particular case and argued that people are less likely to enjoy watching a sport if an athlete gets an academic award and it's displayed on the screen. Right. No. Well, the ratings say otherwise. The ratings say otherwise, and even if that was accurate, who cares? Also, it's it like define define people. Yeah, who that, are who are people? That's 
they had some study they commissioned. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. So it doesn't hit at the heart of the matter which is the antitrust piece, right? right? And right. and that's the important thing in terms of the court cases. Are, are you all surprised of, about, like, in, in some ways I see the argument on the most recent TRO, mm-hmm. but I, I do think at some point is there not an acknowledgement that you as an athlete did enter a not NIL and NLI with the university that is providing you like, and I'm not going back to the old argument of, Oh, they don't need to make money because they're getting, I guess they're getting scholarship. I'm not saying that I've been for NIL from the beginning, but is there not an argument to be made from the school standpoint, from the NCAA standpoint, from just the entire college football body standpoint of you're here, you're going to class, you're representing this university you willingly entered what is a contract, mm-hmm. essentially, to attend that school, and they're holding up their end of this bargain. Um, is there not some right for – like, does, does the NCAA and the institutions, do they literally have no rights in, in this matter? Right. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not even making that argument. I'm just saying, is there not an argument to be made that – you entered this knowing that there were transfer rules. And if it's sure. known that there are rules about when you can transfer and not transfer, is is that not an argument that, hey, you shouldn't have entered? Go, go on to the NFL. Oh, guess yeah. what? You can't. Yeah, no, it's a fair question to ask, and you'll see how that crops up again. This is going to be played out. It's going to take some time, as all these court cases do. Um, you know, in, in reading all this, especially if maybe you're working this case, Brushing up on everything to do with NIL can really make you hungry. And I can't think of a better place to satisfy that hunger then with a trip down to Firehouse Subs. What a segue there. Mm-hmm. Firehousesubs.com. I am hungry. Order now. Firehousesubs.com. You can also download the app. That's my preferred method. Best way to do it. Because you can just you can get the app. You can create your account or sign into your account. I'm, I'm just signed in all the time. And then you can earn yourself rewards. So, like, you can go on, and I could say, well, I'm real close to Main Street in the studio. Let me order the new chicken parmesan meatball sub. You got Chicken meatballs, marinara, the parmesan, the melted provolone, the garlic bread roll, and Wes, your favorite part is the breadcrumbs, right? Ita- crispy, crispy Italian seasoned breadcrumbs. <laughs> yes, it's key. That it it gives key. it the crunch. It does give that crunch. And so I could order that right on the app, earn points. Limited time only, though. Chris. Limited time only, and go pick it up right there on Main Street. Be waiting for me when I walk in. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> certainly does. We'll talk to our guy, Mike Yuva, brush up on what's going on with the Senior Bowl. Coming up next, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on The Game. Columbia, Florence, Moore Beach, the 107.5 The Game app, and streaming live on The Game TV, sponsored by Shepherd's Glass. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on The Game. Tyler Head, West Mitchell, Chris Clark. Along with you in the Hearn Chevrolet Studios, you can, as always, watch us on the Game TV, sponsored by Shepherd's Glass. Go to YouTube.com, search the Game TV, and watch us all day long here from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, right here on the Game. We now head out to Love Chevrolet phone lines. Welcome in our guy, Mike Yuva, who's staying on top of all things Senior Bowl as the game coming up here on Saturday, 1 o'clock, that you can watch on the NFL Network. A lot of people locally obviously going to be keeping their eyes on both Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett, two guys that we know how good athletes and how good football players these two guys are. It seems, though, they're turning a lot of heads out there at the Pro Bowl for people that may not be as up to speed on their prowess and what they can contribute out to the next level. Is that fair to say, Mike? 
I think that's very fair to say, especially just two practices in and what they were both able to do yesterday. I think it's, as I wrote on Gamecock Central yesterday, especially when it comes to Spencer Rattler, none of this should surprise anybody that saw them last year and how they performed last season. But I think being able to go up against some of the best competition in the country as far as this year's draft class and being able to do it up against those guys, I think it's really surprising a lot of people who didn't pay that close attention to both those players and just South Carolina as a whole. Mike, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Lewis Riddick made the comment that basically at practice, Leggett kind of went into his bag for everything, short passes, intermediate, deep balls. How, how important do you think it is that he's showing that skill out there? Because obviously you and I and everybody here watched him all year long do that very thing. He's not a receiver who can just kind of go do one thing. He's going to be your 50-50 guy, but he also can catch the underneath route, make people miss. He can run away from defenses. I think important for him to continue to show teams that he is kind of a diverse receiver from a skill set standpoint. And then guess what? He can go be a kickoff returner for you as well and be very effective. Well, it's massive because obviously, as we all know, when it comes to the NFL and the NFL draft, it's all about projections, right? Like, what can this guy do? And obviously, you look at that size, you think, okay, this is a guy that could be a deep ball threat. He can go up, he can catch the football. But like you mentioned, and anyone that paid attention to South Carolina knows last year, you can line him up pretty much anywhere. You can put him in the slot. You can put him out on the perimeter. He's able to go across the middle. And I think back to some of the conversations we had with NFL insider Field Yates back in November when he appeared on GC Live, and that's a lot of the things that he mentioned. He's like, Leggett is a guy, when you project and you look at that size, what can he do? It doesn't matter about the statistics of what he did during the first four years at South Carolina. Obviously, he proved what he's capable of doing this past season, but being able to go out there and demonstrate that he's not a one-trick pony. and If he's able to go out there and demonstrate some of the things he did yesterday, whether it be going across the middle, making some catches, obviously he had some nice routes that were a little bit deeper kind of helps when your quarterback that you played with in college is also throwing you the passes. They already have that chemistry, but being able to demonstrate what you're capable of doing because it helps these scouts, it helps these coaches, it helps the general managers to be able to project a little bit better as to what they can expect to see from you at that next level. Mike, let's, let's keep it on Leggett for at least one more question here. You know, something that came out recently in advance of the senior bowl was, Obviously, you look at Xavier, and I mean, he's one of the more physically impressive guys that you're going to see, but we know that the NFL, they get a little hung up on size, speed, and some regards, and Leggett doesn't have the biggest hands, right? He, You know, a guy like Debo Samuel, for instance, when he played at the Senior Bowl, that was something that came out. This guy's hands are huge for his size, Debo Samuel. Leggett, not so much. But then you look at, you compare that with, his tape from last season at South Carolina, what he's doing at the Senior Bowl this week, and then we'll see ultimately what he ends up doing at the Combine, what he runs. All that will play in, but um, do, do you get any type of sense? Have you heard anything? Have you seen anything on the hand size issue? And then where do you feel like XL is, is kind of slotted right now in terms of draft stock as far as round? Well, I mean, natural, and you guys know that when it comes to the NFL draft, they're always going to try and find ways to nitpick every player. I mean, even if you're the top player in the draft, I mean, go back to Clowney's year when he was the first player drafted. I mean, people were trying to find ways to knock him down. It just happens every year. So I say that because I feel like when we get to the NFL combine, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, 
when we get to that point and pro days and everything that comes with that, you'll see even more nitpicking when it comes to Leggett. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Having said all that, I think what, what that means is I think there's a lot of people out there, whether it be agents, whether it be other uh, – uh, point being is there's other camps out there that try to put messages out to be able to help their clients too. So the point being is it sends a message that Leggett's doing some good things because he's certainly climbing the draft boards. And I think he's a guy right now from talking with people, they see him being a, a second-round pick, can work his way up to being an early second-round pick, mid-second-round pick. But I think more than anything, wherever he ends up, he's going to prove to teams that he's capable of doing what we were just talking about. Like He can do everything for you. So, look, hand size, I know it gets brought up a lot, especially when we're talking about quarterbacks and wide receivers. But at the end of the day, can you play, right? So what he's been able to do so far this week doesn't surprise anybody. But it also goes back to what we were talking about before, the projections. And there's obviously things that you can't control. You can't control having the size that he has. You can't control the speed that he has. You can't. Uh, be able to just say, okay, can this guy float in the air and just stay up there and hover over defensive backs and somehow come down with these passes? These are things that he just has the ability to do. And I think a lot of scouts are starting to take notice that, all right, I can see why people were talking a lot about him, especially towards the end of last season. And talking to Mike Eva from Gamecock Central about Rattler and Leggett out of the Senior Bowl, which is coming up on Saturday at 1 o'clock. You can watch it on the NFL Network. In your opinion, how much did having Dow Loggins, a former offensive coordinator in the NFL, help Spencer Rattler in his development to get to the point where he is today? Massive. And that doesn't take anything away from a talent standpoint, right? Obviously, you have to have the talent. But I think being able to play for an NFL offensive coordinator, it helps you out tremendously. And it's not just the things on the field. It's the things off the field as well, how to talk to the media. I mean, we heard Dow Loggins mention that multiple times throughout the season last year when he met with us. So I say that because there is a good reputation, despite the fact that some people get caught up on, okay, what did Dale Loggins do with certain teams in the NFL? Look at the situations that they were in. I mean, come on. It's not like we're talking about uh, world beaters for crying out loud that he was playing with. So I say that because he has a very good reputation in the NFL. People know that um, Rattler had an opportunity to work with him for a year. They saw the things that he was able to do despite the fact of being under constant pressure it felt like throughout the season, going all the way from week one when he got sacked nine times. And he was still able to make things happen. And I think, again, it starts with the talent, but being able to have someone like Dal help him through it, I think that's why we're starting to see him do some of the things that he's done at senior bowl practice, which is he looks very poised. When he's under pressure, it's almost like he's used to it by now. And for some of these other quarterbacks, some very talented quarterbacks, quarterbacks that are projected to be drafted a hell of a lot higher than him, it's like they're not used to it. And it's because maybe they had a better offensive line. Maybe they had some better protection the past couple of years. So I think with Rattler, he's used to it. I mean, we can look at it now and say, all right, you know what? He's more battle-tested because of the challenges that he went through at South Carolina, and yet he still was able to make a lot of things happen last year. And I think a lot of that has to go back with learning just different things from a guy that has that experience of calling plays in the NFL from Dell Loggins. And Mike, you staying on top of all things as relates to the Senior Bowl with Gamecocks this week out, out in Mobile. Uh, excited to see what happens between these two guys and where they uh, obviously end up in the draft here in a couple months. Appreciate it as always, Mike. I appreciate it, guys. All right, Mike Yuba of Gamecock Central. Uh, so, yeah, again, Senior Bowl coming up Saturday at 1 o'clock on the NFL Network. Um, 
hopefully be a good viewing experience, much like the viewing experience on the game TV, which was assisted by Wes Mitchell yesterday when he moved our cameras around a little bit, giving our viewers an even better view of us here in the Herndon Chevrolet studio. That is Director Wes Mitchell. <laughs> Director Wes Mitchell for a great setup given to our guys from Integrated Media. Yes, Wes, maybe you can become an honorary member of the Integrated Media team. Michael Ooh. Nathan. We'll call him. 803-948-8327. I do charge. That's the number. Well, maybe you can do a trade-out or something like that. They can come back to your house. They have been at my home. They've been to your home. They've been to my home. They can come to your home. They can come to your business. And I don't know if you need, like, your own game TV setup, but whatever you may need, whether it's something as simple as mounting a TV, if you need a security system, if you want to trick out that man cave, your patio, anything from an audiovisual standpoint, they can even outfit you with a complete smart home solution where you can control all your lights, your devices, your thermostat from the touch of a button on your smartphone. That's integratedmediainc.com or 803-948-8327. Let's dive back into things changing the landscape of college football coaches on the move in late January. That's up next here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game in Columbia, Florence, Murray Beach, the 107.5 The Game app and streaming live. Game TV sponsored by Shepherd's Glass. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, West Mitchell, Chris Clark along with you here on the game. Columbia, Florence, and Myrtle Beach. We're on 7.5 The Game App and stream as always on the Game TV sponsored by Shepherd's Glass. I want to remind you once again about the Balls and Strikes Valentine's Weekend Contest brought to you by Hilton Garden Inn. It's your chance to win a pair of tickets to the season opening baseball series against Miami of Ohio Friday through Sunday, February 16th through 18th out at Founders Park. You also get a two-night stay Friday and Saturday at the Hilton Garden Inn right here on Gervais Street, as well as breakfast and a pregame meal provided by the Garden Grill right there within the hotel. Go online to 1075thegame.com and enter for your chance to win. Again, the Balls and Strikes Valentine's Weekend Contest brought to you by our friends at Hilton Garden Inn. I want to jump back into our conversation, similar to what we were talking about earlier with the NCAA and Tennessee and this kind of mess of a landscape of college sports, and you hear this from a lot of reputable sources around college football, ESPN, Yahoo, various places, saying that there's this contingent of coaches, not not being named, you know, still remaining anonymous, that have this thought of, I don't know how much longer I'm going to hang around the game if it continues to go in this direction. And yesterday, we had a perfect example of that. Jeff Halfley, the uh, head coach out at Boston College, who's done a decent job out there. Got him to a bowl game this past year with a winning record, which at Boston College, hey, that'll keep you around for a while. Opts to go to the NFL and take the defensive coordinator position at um, the Green Bay Packers, which I'm imagining is going to be a pay cut from what he was making as a head coach here in college football. And he's somebody, and this is per Pete Thamel of ESPN, according to sources, he wants to go coach football again in a league that's all about football. College coaching has become fundraising NIL and recruiting your own team and transfers. There's no time to coach football anymore. And again, this is just one example of it, but this is a trend that we could continue to see over the years if things don't get fixed in the college football landscape. Yeah, seriously, man. And I, I think I think he's a very good coach. I mean, what, what he's done at Boston College, in my opinion, is pretty impressive. And, you know, he's got an NFL opportunity now. It, it, now, the other side of this is, like you said, you're you're probably taking a pay cut. And as high as the expectations are in college football, as high as um, as much as you have to win to keep your job, I mean, the NFL is even more competitive. So, there, as with anything, there are pros and cons. So, right. 
Uh, now, if you can get into the NFL and do pretty well, you can get jobs for eternity, Sure, it seems like, in, in this league. But for him, it, it's not... It's not all rainbows on the other side is what I'm trying to say, but certainly we are seeing coaches, and there's a reason they're anonymous right now because you're never going to let that get out because it's going to hammer your recruiting. Sure. No no prospect, no parent wants to hear, oh, this coach is trying to get out because they can't wait to get to the NFL because they're tired of dealing with NIL and roster management. However, i got to feel like a lot of coaches – do privately feel this way and if the right chance were to come along the thing with him is he is a very well respected defensive mind so that this did make sense for him and it made sense for the Packers but uh, I think until there are some tweaks made which I do still think there are going to be tweaks at some point we're just all waiting to find out what the tweaks will be that people can actually all agree to I think this one got a lot of attention it's not, it's not going to get as much of a attention as if like Kirby Smart, he's like I'm I'm out, you know, I'm going to the beach or going to the Falcons, going to the Falcons, something something like that. Um, but the Halfley situation is it's one of the first ones we've seen. What three head coaches go take other jobs? Mm-hmm. Buffalo, which is where Pete Lambeau ended up going, Marty Marty Slingwis, and then we've seen. Um, Kane Womack from South Alabama, college jobs, right? Jeff Halfley pulls a complete, hey, I'm, I'm going to the NFL. And I think we've all thought we were going to have seen probably more of this already. Sure. And not even just because of NIL, right? Just because of the recruiting. I mean, recruiting had already become kind of a strain. Mm-hmm. The recruiting calendar, all that stuff. And depending on the coach that you work for in college, some are more demanding on that front than others. Right. Just when are you in the office? How much time are you having to dedicate away from family? And some coaches said, you know what? I'm going to go to the NFL where sometimes there's a semblance of an offseason. Sure. There's not much of that going on in, in the college game. So the NIL transfer portal thing, really the transfer portal more than NIL, it, those two combined have kind of exacerbated it. So, you know, this is one of the first instances we've seen where we see more. There's certainly – you know, whispers of that. For Halfley, I think it makes sense. He's he's already been in the NFL. He did a good job this season kind of riding the ship, but he kind of came into 2023 a little bit on the hot seat. It was a warm seat, and I think he kind of put that to the side. But you never know in the college game, turn around and have a, a poor year in 2024, he could have been out the door. So I think this made a lot of sense for him, actually. Well, and there's also the money aspect of it, too. I mentioned he's it's likely going to be taking a pay cut going to the NFL. He's making a little over $3 million per year as the head coach at Boston College, and high-end coordinators in the NFL are making, you know, at best like $4 million. So probably going to go down a little bit there. But, you know, when you look at the money that's in college sports more than ever right now, it's only going to continue to go up with more TV negotiations and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, while 20 years ago, you know, we talk about Spurrier's contract to South Carolina being in the million-dollar range, and that was, oh, my God, that's so much money. And now that's nothing. I mean, we're getting – group of five head coaches that are making that now. So the high end guys are making six, seven, eight million dollars where if you do that for eight, ten years, you can be pretty set where you don't have to dedicate thirty years to being a head coach somewhere and then retire when you're seventy years old or something like that. Like the model of payment can also influence these guys say you know what i've made my money i'd go be an analyst on espn or something like that or just go enjoy time with my family for a while and not have to worry about the financial side of things yes it's hard to blame some of these guys i mean and yeah fired sec coach is the great gig 
the best gig you can get, I feel like. And so it, it, it is different. And with, with all that extra money comes greater responsibilities, comes greater pressure, becomes, you know, th- there's a reason why you're, you're working 14, 15, 16-hour days. And um, the, the expectations for you to do so is such a, uh, you know, fa- fans, if they see what you're making, they're going to expect right. you to be working from yeah. sunrise to sunset. Basically. And these guys don't take these jobs because of the money. They, they're into coaching because they love football. They think they are good at coaching football, and they want to compete and win at the highest level. The money is great, but it's a secondary thing after that. Yes, but it's a great secondary thing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's gotten... Especially you, you used to didn't do it for the money. I feel like there, if you're coaching high school ball, you're doing it for the love of the game. Sure, but you have to get grind, climb that ladder mm-hmm. to get to making eight million dollars a year as an SEC head coach. Yeah, I mean, like in the state of Florida, there's a constant conversation among the and there's great football in the state of Florida. They produce a lot of NFL talent. Big state, uh, but their high school coaches are just woefully underpaid. And when you look at the college game, there there are still, in the year 2024, there are, like, junior college football coaching jobs. And you'll go look at the postings, and it's like, yeah, you're going to work a million hours a week, and uh, we might give you room and board. No pay. you <laughs> know, No stipend. Maybe you get a meal plan. And that's, I mean, a lot of these coaches, that's how they start. But y'all probably, I mean, Dan Lanning. He's doing really well for himself right now. Big job, young guy. Um, but man, listening to him talk about some of the things he did, you know, to, to grind his way up, it's a tough deal. And and you do if you don't love it, you're never going to get up to that that level. Yeah, I, I think um, it, it's it's interesting how even you know, and the the assistants at this point, if you make it to that SEC level, assistants compared to the rest of us are. Most of them are doing pretty well, sure. too. But then when you jump into the, the jump from, let's say, random running backs coach to coordinator is a massive jump now. Absolutely. And then the jump from coordinator to head ball coach is uh, really an even bigger jump just as far as the um, the math goes. So I, I think for, for a lot of these guys, it is um, – kind of a, a situation where the money is a, a big part of it too absolutely we'll come back and wrap up today's edition of the gamecock central takeover hour presented by firehouse subs on the game the one of the game app and the game tv sponsored by shepherd's glass welcome back in it is the gamecock central takeover hour presented by firehouse subs tyler head west mitchell chris clark along with you for a few more minutes here on the game in columbia florence and beach the 107.5 the game app and streaming as always on the game TV, uh, Wes. I hear you got a nice roof going up on your house there. New roof, uh, thanks to my friends at Classic Roofing. Excellent experience, top to bottom. They got an awesome drone too, by the way, that I got to fly. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. So they'll come out, they'll check out your roof, um, do some before and after, and um, it, including some drone shots of, of your home there. Um, so I got a brand new roof, and uh, it, this process was efficient. It was quick. It was um, really awesome. I've I've never been through this process before, but Joe and Mac took great care of me, just like they can for you. 803-590-7870, classicroofingsc.com. They've got over 20 years of experience combined between them, 
And that was very, very apparent for me, just kind of walking me through a process that I had never been through. Obviously, you know, a roof is uh, one of the most important parts of your home, and it's going to be probably one of the biggest repairs you ever do on your home. And um, so they, they were very understanding of all my questions, came out, put together a plan, and then um, it, it actually w- was done in one day. So very, very impressed with both them and their team. Again, 803-590-7870, classicroofingsc.com. Set up an estimate. They'll come out. They'll check out your roof. They may say, hey, man, you got two or three more years left. They may say, you got 10 years left, but we need to fix this specific thing. Um, Or they may say, it's about time. So, again, give them a call, 803-590-7870. want to hit the Firehouse Subs text line real quick before we get out of here. You're talking about all the issues that are plaguing college football right now. Jeff weighs in, says easiest fixes are changing signing day back to after the end of the season. Transfer portal is only open from May 15th to 31st. Transfer over the summer with no restrictions. NLL deals are for school year, so it removes a lot of the obstacles. Good ideas. I will say I have a problem with the first two words. There's no such thing as an easy fix in college football, (laughs) and none of these things are going to be fixed easily, unfortunately. Yeah, and I I feel like... A lot of teams, it, it makes sense right now if you're a player, I should say, to want to go ahead and transfer at the end of a season. Mm-hmm. Why would you stay at that school and go through spring practice and use that offense or defensive scheme knowing you're wanting to leave? So the the reason it's set like this is because we have the end of a season, and ultimately if you go back, the reason these things were set on a calendar like this was because of the end of your semester. So, you know, I, I, I like the thought process. Don't sure, get me wrong. Sure, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hating on the idea because there needs to – all ideas are good ideas at this point. Sure. But I there's just – There's a reason we've gotten to this point. I just can't imagine – he said May. May, May 15th only. through the end of the month. I, I can't see them only having a spring portal window because yeah. your school semester also obviously ends in December too. Yeah, I mean, that that is a problem. A, a lot of it, honestly, is just because of where the season is, like the, the football season. It goes from, you know, first games right at the end of August, early September, and then you're finishing up, you know, the regular season, end of November. But then you have postseason play, right? So a lot of it is just kind of, hey, this is a problem for it to be here, but where else are you going to move it? You know, the the early signing period, the advent of that for the 2018 recruiting cycle, you know, it, it put more on, it packed more in at end of regular season, bowl prep, recruiting. Like, it, it caused some of that, but I can't see us going away from that either. There's just a lot of things that you look at and you say, I don't see them eliminating that. But then it's like, at the same time, where else are you going to put those things? Yeah. So, again, there's no easy fix. And I don't even like using the word fix, to be honest with you, because as I mentioned earlier, there's going to be unintended consequences to whatever happens. So there's going to be problems coming down the road for whatever these solutions are to the problems that we have right now. So there's really never going to be a fix to it. We just need to get it to a better place than we currently have it now, I guess is a better way to put it. Well, it's like when people, when you're sick and somebody says, are you better? And you're like, well, yeah, I'm better, but I'm not better. Sure. So, can, can we can we make this better? Like, it's not going to be healed right. completely, but can we improve it? Can we tweak it? There, there has to be a way to do it. And, and frankly, you've got so much support for college athletics. Oh, yeah. 
you but you have to find a way to let that continue because the the second you completely push away your fans all this can go away sure yeah absolutely um so yeah we'll see how long this process takes and if you know what's going on with Tennessee and the NCAA starts to move things in that direction a little bit more quickly but we will certainly see that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs coming up next it is halftime show. Terry Ford going to be broadcasting live out at Sound and Images on Bluff Road from noon until 3. And we'll be back in here tomorrow for another edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on the game in Columbia. 107.5 The Game, Florence 100.5 The Game, Myrtle Beach 100.3 The Game, the 107.5 The Game app and streaming as always on the Game TV sponsored by Shepherd's Glass.